0: Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It is again my pleasure to share the Word of God with you. Um, Last week we saw about the light, the power of light over time. And many of you were interested in that message. Yeah, it's a huge... um, topic about our dominion over time, Um, time as a created reality and man's dominion over it is something that the body of Christ is yet to explore and experience. Um, Everything of all the things that we expect in the supernatural is related to this factor of dominion over time. Be it transportation, right? Philip is in one place, <coughs> he's taken, and he is going to the other place. Yeah? Uh, in the Hollywood, they call it as time travel, teleportation and all these things. But uh, in those movies, you would see that it is about time loops and time machines and. Uh, one thing that you should understand is uh, there is a principle, right? Uh, come with me to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 46. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Afterward, the spiritual this is a pattern throughout scriptures um, you find Cain and then Abel uh, the natural first and the spiritual second there, and then Isa Jacob um. Before that, you find Ishmael, Isaac. So first comes the natural and then comes the spiritual. Even if you see in the Old Testament and the New Testament, how you find the natural Israel and then the spiritual Israel. Then first natural Adam, then the spiritual Adam. So you find the natural coming first, and then the spiritual following. This is a principle in scripture. And I feel that that applies to what is happening in the world. Um, If you look around, you see Hollywood getting all these things. All the movies right now, superhero movies, everything is about supernatural, time travel, power over time. You know, Doctor Strange is full of uh, uh, the concept of power over time and everything. So, you find the natural first. So, the natural world talking about it. The natural world um, uh, speaking about it. And then the spiritual, right? Mm, So, there is so much to talk about those things. But the subject of a matter is not about time. Mm. It is about the light. So I want to continue on the subject of our uh, the light. We'll talk about time later, but you can do your own um, meditation. Just go through scriptures and find about how God promises about restoring times it's very interesting right in Joel I'll just give one scripture and then go chapter 2 verse 25 so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten the crawling locust and the consuming locust and the chewing locust yeah It's a very interesting choice of words that that we see. Um, To be technically right, God should have said, I will restore to you the harvest what these locusts have eaten. I will restore to you the harvest, the fruit, what these locusts have eaten. But that's not what it says. What does it say? I will restore to you the years. I will restore to you the years. So there is a restoration of years. Yeah that is God's promise. That's God's promise. Hmm um, If you take Joshua and Caleb, for 40 years, they were wandering in the wilderness. But they had already responded in faith. But they were going around, round and round the same mountain. Uh, so in, in a natural way, they have wasted 40 years. So God will be unfaithful in just taking them in to the promised land along with the next generation. But God proved himself faithful by restoring the years to them, by renewing their strength to that of the 40 years, even when they are 80 years old. And then just like how the new generation is entering into, uh, into the land with the strength of the 40, because they are 40 years, but... Joshua and Caleb, even though they are 80 plus, they are entering with the strength of the 40. That is God restoring the years. That is power over time. Uh, It is full of, uh, um, you know, scripture is full of these things. You can go study and believe and meditate and confess and talk about it and get to experience these things. Today, I want to go on with the topic of the light of life. Yes, come on, say, open your mouth and say it as you believe it. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Yes, what an amazing word. He shall not walk in darkness, shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. It's very interesting that as Jesus was born, the wise men from the east looked for him and They came searching for Him. They came searching for Him. Whenever you are the light, people will come searching for you. When you are the light, people will come searching for you. I believe in evangelism. I believe in reaching the lost. But as much as I believe in going and sending... I all the more believe in people coming. Uh, Because that's what Isaiah 60 is all about, right? Isaiah 60 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness, that word is gross darkness, the people, But the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. I believe the church is struggling in the area of evangelism because it has still not figured out how to be the light of the world. When you are the light of the world, you don't need to really uh, break your head about evangelism, but people shall come. The Gentiles shall come to your light. Come on, open your mouth and declare, the Gentiles shall come to my light yeah to my light that's what it says why my my light I don't have a light of my own, but the Lord has risen over me. the glory of the Lord has risen over me So my responsibility is to arise and shine and be the light of this world and it is the gentiles' responsibility to come to my light. they shall come, lift up your eyes and see them gather around you, kings walking, Gentiles coming to your light. This will happen. I'm not talking about them coming to Sunday services, which might be included, which might not, but Wherever you are, you being the light, you, you living a different life, your marriage being different, your health being different, your finances being different, your joy quotient is different, your perspective is different, your approach towards problem is different and for the people around you, you are the light. That's what the Bible is talking about. Usually we take this scripture and think, okay masses will stream to the Sunday morning service uh, which might happen uh, but that's not the main goal of scripture. That's not the main goal of God either. The main goal of God is to raise his people in communities where communities becoming light, right? A group of people, a cluster of families walking in light and being the light and everyone around them They are like, my goodness, these guys are different. Their marriage is different. Their parenting is different. Their finances is different. Something about them is different. And they come. We need to desire to be like that. See, it's very easy to have a Sunday service and go on and try to bring masses into a Sunday service. Right, where your light is full of darkness, when your life is full of darkness, you can still come and put on these lights and have a happy Sunday show. But being the light of the world is different. Being the light of the world is not standing on stage in this light. That's not being the light of the world. Being the light of the world is shining forth the glory of the Lord through your life in every aspect of your life. Even every can you imagine? A group of families, a community where every aspect of life is, is filled with the glory of God. Shining forth the excellencies of God. That's exactly our calling, right? First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 in the Amplified. Um, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchase, special people. God's own purchased special people. God God wants you to know that you are a special people. That you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous lights. What a powerful scripture. He has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light so that you can display you can display forth his perfections his virtues a chosen race special people, royal priesthood called to set forth the virtues of God the perfections of God shine forth That's the word there. Shine forth the perfections of God. That's exactly what we read in um, uh, Philippians 2.15 that you may show yourselves to be to be blameless and guileless, innocent, uncontaminated children of God without blemish, faultless, unrebukable in the midst of a crooked and wicked generation. spiritually perverted and perverse among whom you are seen as bright lights stars or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world what's our call our call is to be shining forth as lighthouses shining forth as beacon of light in a dark world so when the world is becoming darker the church has to shine brighter but unfortunately um, right now there is no difference When the church the ch- you can't just look at people and say ah something is different about them it's one and all the same but say, my story is changing. Yes, our story is changing. Our story is aligning with the scripture. Our story, story is aligning with the purposes of God. My life is aligning with the purposes of God. My life is adjusting, turning, turning around. The wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. Yes, yes. Reflect, hurbal, manala, So that I become the light of this world. Shining forth the perfections of God. In this dark world, in this dying world. Yes. What does it say in Isaiah 62? For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you and your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. As I was meditating the scripture, the Lord said, My delight is your light. In the English word, delight, right? It's the light right? Our light is in his delight. Yes. When will we shine as the light of the world? When will we shine to the point where the Gentiles start streaming to us? Like, like uh, <clears throat> swarming locusts. Like swarming bees. Like, you know, we live on the field side. Uh, you know this. And in the night... In this area, our building is the only building that will have bright lights. And guess what? All the insects come. They just come. The light is just there, right? Standing there and shining. But all these insects come as if they were invited. That's how it will happen when you are the light of the world. When you are the light of the world... There is no need for any other invitation. There is no need for any other marketing. Yeah. John the Baptist was the light. He went out into the wilderness from the city. Guess what? The people went in droves searching for him. So much so, the authorities sent people to find out, Hey, why are the masses going out to the wilderness? So Jesus says, he was a shining light. He was a shining light. Same, similar uh, manner. Jesus, whenever he went into wilderness, people always followed him into the wilderness. Why? You don't need marketing strategies when you are the light of the world. Your light itself will market for you. Yes, that's, that's the kind of evangelism that I'm talking about. Today we go giving tracts, saying something and they look at you and they're like, why should I follow your God? I'm better than you. (laughs) Yeah, I still remember churches used to pray for people. I remember asking a pastor, I said, that guy over there has more money than us that guy over there is married and well settled. has got happy kids. How do you share the gospel to him? Actually, then the pastor said, uh, yeah, we need to pray for them. And when we pray for them, and when they have a trouble, then they are in deep trouble. At that time, when you go and talk to them, they will listen. So basically, we did not have a gospel for people who are doing good. Yeah, (laughs) That's not the gospel. The gospel is for everyone. If only you understand the gospel. You don't need people to be in trouble. Yes, people in trouble also have gospel. But the gospel is not just for people in trouble. The gospel is for everyone. When you are the light of the world, when you are the light of the world, the world will recognize something is different about this person. So it's not about their state. It's about your state that attracts them. You need not wait for them to go down so that you can reach. You need to go up so that they can look up and say, man, something is different, different about this and they shall come. Yeah, uh, I, I'll come back to Isaiah 62, but let's go to Isaiah 2 before that. The word, of, the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Come on, open your mouth and declare it. The mountain of the Lord shall be established high above all other mountains. Zion shall be established high above every other mountain, for you have come to Mount Zion, Hebrews 12 22, talking about the church. For you are Mount Zion, the church, the firstborn, registered in heaven, spirits of just men made perfect, right? So you shall be set above all other mountains, and the nations shall flow to it. Nations shall flow to it. Nations shall flow to it. Ethnic groups, people of different kinds shall flow to Mount Zion. Saying what? Verse 3. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his path. For Out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against another nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. crazy prophetic words regarding how church will be on this world. Can you imagine the church will be shining so bright, so bright where nations shall learn the ways of God to the point where they give up war. That's the, that's the utmost, what do you say? That's the greatest Manifestation of the rule of Messiah. You go and read Messianic Psalms. You will always find Messiah rules to the point. He is called the Prince of Peace, right? So when he is ruling nations, when he is ruling nations, nations will give up on war and they shall beat their weapons of war into instruments of agriculture. Not one place. So many places in the Old Testament it is written. But conveniently, the church has taken all these scriptures and put it under the rug called millennial rule in some time in the future, God knows when, where Jesus rules and reigns. All these things will happen. Let me ask you something. So whenever I'm reading scriptures like Isaiah 2, Isaiah 60, They'll be like, no, 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 no. These are all millennial rain passages. <laughs> Is de- devil omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscient? Hmm. Yeah. What do you think? Is devil omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent? You might be like, well, what am I saying? Is devil present everywhere? Is, is 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 devil all powerful is does devil know everyone and is he present everywhere at the same time like god no if devil is not everywhere like god how is he wreaking so much havoc in this world you are saying devil is attacking you the other fellow on the other end of the earth is also saying devil is attacking him is he with you or is he with him Or where is devil seated right now? In which country is devil seated? On the throne? Physically? No, 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 no. Devil is not seated anywhere physically. So devil is not physically seated in any country, having his headquarters somewhere. But he is able to wreak havoc and do what he is able to do. But for Christ to reveal his reign, he should come in Israel and sit in Israel on Mount Zion, physical Mount Zion, build a temple there and sit and rule from there. Then only his rule will be made manifest. How cheap? How cheap the idea that Christ's throne is cheaper than the devil's throne. You don't need devil to be physically present, but you can see his effect so much and you're attributing everything to devil, 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 devil. But you're thinking Christ cannot bring about such an effect while he is still seated on the throne in the heavenlies. Him seated on the throne in the heavenlies. He says all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. Therefore, go. People should understand that we are the light of this world and we are in the reign of Christ. These passages are not for somewhere in the future, you know, something happens. No, 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 no. No. If the word of the Lord is true and if Jesus is reigning right now, if Jesus is on the throne right now, then we should see these passages come to pass in this aeon in this age the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it and many people shall come and say come let us go to the mountain of the Lord to the house of God of Jacob he will teach us his ways he shall And we shall walk in his path. For out of Zion shall go forth the law. What does Psalm 50 say? Verse 2. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. In Isaiah 2, we read, Out of Zion shall go forth the word. In Psalms 52, we read, Out of Zion, the beauty, the perfection of beauty, Oh my goodness. Yes. Can you look at yourself in the mirror and say, perfection of beauty. So much so in the Old Testament, repeatedly, the lovers of God always talks about the beauty of the stones in the temple on Mount Zion. Oh beauty, perfection of beauty and God shall shine forth. Literally they say these stones with which the Solomon's temple were built were so polished and it was on Mount Zion uh, at an elevated place. Everywhere from around when the sun shines forth and those stones would, you know, shine. Shine the perfections of light. Like dazzling. The temple would be dazzling in the sunlight because of the perfection of the beauty of the stones. People from afar can see dazzling lights of the temple. So often writers would write about the perfection of the beauty of the stones. Can you imagine Peter writing? You are the precious and living stones and God is building you up. I am the perfection of beauty and God shall shine forth out of me. God shall shine forth out of me. The perfection of beauty. The perfection of beauty. da <laughs> Yeah, come let us go people shall say people shall say people shall say people around me shall say people who are working with me shall say come let us go to that person's house they will teach us how to do life they will teach us how to do marriage They will teach us how to do business. They will teach us how to live life, how to enjoy life. Come, let us go. Come, let us go. For the beauty of God shall shine forth. Come with me to Isaiah 62 again. Usually, the so-called intercessory ministers always come to verse 6 in Isaiah 62 and start there and say, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes, till he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Okay? These are the two verses that were used by people to motivate intercessory prayer. And when I was ch- as a child, I have all people have always quoted these two verses and they would say, you know, we should not give God rest till he establishes Jerusalem as the light. And we'll be like motivating God, like God, we are not giving you rest. I have set watchmen on your walls of Jerusalem, they shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes. So we took the responsibility upon ourselves. We we give, you know, what? Give, give him no rest. But the fact of the matter was, God was resting and we were not. Right? We used to pray day and night because it says day and night. And even now people are taking these verses. But these verses come in a come at the heel of another passage, right? You have to read that in context. That's what I read. Let me read it again right now. For Zion, now God is speaking, okay? For Zion's sake, okay? Whatever, uh, out of Zion, my beauty of perfection, my uh, perfection of beauty out of which uh, the word will shine forth, God will shine forth, light will go out and people shall come. For Zion's sake, God is saying, I will not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. This is verse 1. So when I read this, I'm like, my goodness. Funny fellows, they've conveniently hid verse 1. Where God takes the initiative and says, Until I establish until her righteousness go forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns this is a responsibility that we becoming the light of the world to the point that we are shining forth as zion shines forth in the perfection of his beauty to the point where people start streaming it is god takes that responsibility and says i will not rest until that happens Hmm, That's what it says. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until her righteousness go forth as righteousness, uh, as brightness and her salvation as a lamp. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem, in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah your land, Beulah. For the Lord delights in you. (laughs) For the Lord delights in you. And your land shall be married. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. You see, there is a passionate lover. There is nobody who is a passionate lover like Jesus. You take Andhra movies, Tamil movies, Kerala movies, put every movie, Hindi movie, Bollywood, Hollywood, Kollywood, everything together and put all the lovers together. Their passion for their lover would not come closer to the passion that the Lord has over his bride. He is the one who rejoices over you. He delights in you. He delights in you. Say that word, he delights in me. Ah. Your heart is not able to accept it, right? Why would he delight in me? Why would he delight in me? See, a couple, I've got so many couples married over the last decade and you should see the eyes right i get to watch it up close right Uh, that's a privilege of solemnizing a wedding you stand and watch their eyes closer than anyone else and you should see the delight in the eyes right delight in the eyes then after a few months uh, or probably after 90 days I sit with the same couple and see their eyes again. Mm. So the delight has turned into disappointment right now. Yeah. Every couple who came to my house might be thinking right now he's talking about us. Uh, (laughs) See, I don't have any particular couple in mind when I'm talking. But if the hat suits you, wear it. Delight has turned into disappointment. Why? Because what happened in these nine months? You came to know something that you didn't know before. Hmm... You came to know about something that you didn't know before. So when you come to know the dark side of people, including your own darkness, getting multiplied in the whole equation, your delight becomes disappointment. Your enthusiasm becomes discouragement. And you you are like... Pepsi bottle, shaken well, but, you know, the lid removed and all the fizz out. You're as good as water right now. No fizz. Why? Why? Because delight has turned into disappointment and enthusiasm has turned into discouragement. Because you have come to know something that you didn't know before. And what you came to know disappointed you. But, but let me tell you something. Come with me to Isaiah 42 verse 6. I the Lord have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people. To open blind eyes. To bring out prisoners from the prison. Those who sit in darkness from the prison house. To what does it... You know, when you, when, when you read this verses, does it ring a bell to you? It sounds like Isaiah 61, right? We read Isaiah 60. Arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. The darkness, deep darkness covers the place. But the Gentile shall come to your light. That is 60. Then we read in 62, right? That the Lord makes Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, and his light, and things shall happen. This is 60 and 62. What is 61? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to open their blind eyes, to set the captives free. That is 60, 61, right? That is 61, middle of 60 and 62. Now you read verse 6 in 42. The assignment of Israel. I the Lord have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as the covenant to the people. God wants Israel to be the covenant to the people. And to open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. That's what it says. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. This is Isaiah 42. Okay, but to whom is he speaking? This is what I want you to concentrate on. Who is this category of people? How were they? They, you know, what was their previous state? When God was speaking to them, I will make you as a light to the Gentile. What was their previous state? I, I want to read that in a moment. Because as you're hearing all these things, Devil is playing in your mind by showing you how bad your life is right now and how far away you are removed from this world. Light of the Gentiles. My goodness. I don't even have light for my own life. I am, Gentiles are in deep darkness and cross darkness. No, I am in deep darkness and cross darkness. I don't even know if I have a light. This is wrong in my life. This is wrong in my life. This is wrong in my life. There is darkness here. There is darkness there. This word is not for me. Oh, for me to become the light of the world? It is so far stretched from my experience right now. Don't worry. Come and read. 42.1 Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth. And the coastland shall wait for his law. There are so many passages but Jesus select a selected few and puts it in the new testament and says these passages have come to fulfill even though he is the fulfillment of the entire old testament as a whole but the new testament authors were led by the spirit of god to mention few passages from the old testament come with me to matthew 12 verse 15 but when jesus knew it he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all Yet he warned warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, Behold my servant whom I have chosen and behold in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will declare justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory. In his name, gentiles will trust. So there is a name. There is a name for our Lord. It it says he will. Uh, what do you say? A uh, bruised reed he will not break, and. a smoking flax. The word flax is the word wick. A smoldering wick. Right? So what what do you see right now is a smoldering wick because my breath is coming upon it and it is struggling to keep burning. Right? It's gone. It's gone. But what God does is when Uh, when you know when he's working he doesn't put allow things to be put out. So when the wind blows basically what God does is he puts his hand around and it makes it shine brighter. So Isaiah 60, Isaiah 62, everything light to the Gentiles was spoken to a smoldering wick. Was spoken to a smoldering wick, a bruised reed. And God takes Israel who is like a smoldering wick and says, man, a bruised reed. I will not break a smoldering wick I will not quench. I will not give myself rest until I have established you as a light to the Gentiles. I will not rest until my goodness um, come with me to Isaiah 62 So where he starts with, I will not hold my pace, I will not rest. He also includes us in the whole game of we getting to pray about it. Right? Intercessory prayer is not we motivating a God who lacks motivation. No, no, no. That's not what it's about. It's not we shaking the throne where God has fallen off asleep and we shake him and we wake him up and... Ask him to do something on our behalf. No, 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 no. That is not intercessory. That's how many people are praying. No, he has already made up his mind that I will not settle until I make Jerusalem a light. I will not take rest until I see her righteousness go forth as brightness. This is the Lord has sworn. And he is so good that he wants to include you in the whole game. And he says, I have set watchmen who will not give me rest. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are not the motivation. He is already well motivated, but he's giving you the credit for it. That's what every good father does. That's what every good father does. He's just including you in the game. Look at that. And give him no rest till he establishes until he makes Jerusalem a praise on the earth. Look at verse 8. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength Even the whole Isaiah 60, he says everything. And how does it end? A little one shall become a thousand, a small one, a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. So come with me to 42 again. A bruised reed, he will not break. A smoking flax, that is a smoldering wick, he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice on the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law then it goes on to say I the Lord have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand and I'll keep you and give you as a covenant to the people as a Gentile as a light to the Gentiles to open blind eyes so What am I saying? The delight in the eye of the couple turned into discouragement because they came to know something that they didn't know before. But the Lord is the one who knows us. I knew you. I called you and I knew you before you were formed. He knows us. Since he knows us, there is no room for him becoming disappointed with us or discouraged with us. You read that right there. He will not fail nor be discouraged. No matter how many times this wick tries to go off. No matter how much you know, it, it is struggling for life. God, is, God will never fail and God will never be discouraged working in this wick Not just making it, you know, glow for its dear life. No, 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 no. Until he establishes this light to become the light to the Gentiles. The smoldering wick shall not stay as a smoldering wick forever. God has sworn upon himself to work in your life. My goodness. God has sworn upon himself to work in your life in as smoldering wick as it is right now, He will not give up, He will not be discouraged, and He will not fail. Come on. The Lord shall not fail. The Lord shall not fail, nor shall we be disappointed. Nor shall he be discouraged in working in your life. But he shall do it until you shine like the perfection of beauty of Zion. Until you become the light to the Gentiles. Until the Gentiles stream to you. Saying, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, for they shall teach us the word of the Lord. For out of Zion shall go forth the word of the Lord, for out of Zion shall go forth the brightness. God shall shine forth. And it is a personal what do you say? Thing that God has taken upon Himself. He has sworn by Himself. He has sworn by Himself. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he shall not quench. Meaning he's not going to, oh, it's already broken. What's the point? Just break it and take it. No, whenever it is smoldering, he puts his arms around. Oh, the everlasting arms of the Lord. Let me tell you something. In our lives, in my life, in my family, in my extended family I have seen this word come to pass so many times many times when the wick is smoldering and the winds are blowing hard I have always seen the furious and mighty hand of God come and cover us so that we shall not be quenched so that we will not be put out but we shall shine and become light to the people around us. I have seen it so many times over the years now. And I have no doubt in the faithfulness of God. I might have doubts, 101 doubt in my faithfulness and the people around me. But I can never question the faithfulness of my God in how committed he is towards my winning. Yes, it just takes a little bit of cooperation. A little bit of giving room from our end for his work. He has always turned things around. No matter how bad your situation is, a little bit of cooperation from your end shall turn things around. Yes, you want to give up. You want to lose hope and you want to call it done and quit and walk off but the lord says a bruised reed he shall not break a smoldering wick he shall not quench until until right until he has established jerusalem as his righteousness until he has established jerusalem the right, the the brightness of Jerusalem to go forth as a light to the Gentiles. I speak hope to every hopeless heart watching me right now. I declare light to enter in dark places of their soul. That they would have the faith to believe this word that their impossible situation as impossible as it is right now would be turned into a possible ray of hope and they would hold on to that ray of hope and I love God who works in a smoldering wick until he makes that light as the light to the Gentiles. A smoldering wick cannot be the light to the Gentiles. For you to be the light to the Gentiles, something has to happen. What is that something? The Lord Himself will become your light. The Lord Himself will arise over you. The Lord Himself, the glory of the Lord will be risen upon you. <laughs> Malta na mala, huduna mala, kabradil bana hashidi diri Rahala bana hal kuduni mine lefridi de banti ni ante Yes, the message of the Bible is this: that God made a covenant with Israel, but Israel failed. So God sends a Messiah, who is the root of Jesse, and whatever. Israel's vocation was calling was to be the light Messiah came and took it upon himself and he became the light of the Gentiles and in that in that Messiah in his death burial and resurrection he has become the head and we have become the body and we have become the light of the world because of a union with the Messiah that's the message of the Bible right the covenant the covenant God has covenanted himself saying until I establish you until I establish Jerusalem And her righteousness going forth as brightness. I shall not rest. I shall not hold my peace. Wow. Wow. So you you see the furious love of the lover. Coming to die for us. Such a terrible death. Like in every movie scene. The hero gets beaten up at some point. But no hero gets beaten up like Jesus got beaten up on the cross. Yeah. No hero gets beaten up like how he got beaten up on the cross. All for love's sake. All for love's sake, he didn't retaliate. All for love's sake, he absorbed. He didn't fight back. And he gave up his last breath. But this is not a story with a sad ending. He rose again. My goodness. In other movies, if the hero somehow comes back to life, he is going to, that means vengeance for all the enemies. But do you know the resurrected Jesus, the first word that came to his disciple was peace. So he came back declaring peace. He is not in war with us. He is in love with us. But he is in war with everything that is warring against us. He is in war with everything that is warring against our relationship with him. All form of darkness that is trying to cloud your thinking. To cloud your heart, where your heart is struggling to believe his love, that he delights in you, that he is he will not fail you, he is not discouraged, he is not disappointed, for your heart struggling to believe, he is furious, he is a burning fire who wants to burn away all those lies away from your heart, so that you would believe what he believes about you, yes. Yes, yes. Ray Clefra la Manton and la Mana Hashile Brente. La Brudile Mana Halki de Beramambriantuche. Leva Rudile Mambrihene Mana Maltuna Mahidine Mene de Hoto. Your light shall not be put off. Your wick shall not be quenched. But you shall shine brighter and brighter. You shall shine brighter and brighter. Even as you give. You know, good works is a way of shining forth. Giving is a way of shining. That's what it says. The Matthew 5 says, 14, you're the light of this world that people might see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. So, when our hands are empowered to do good in the form of giving, that brings glory to the Father. May your hands be empowered always to do good works. May you always have more May you never lack any good thing in life. God bless you. God bless you.